Hey, hey friends. friends, it's Davion, it's Bruce, and, and this, this is, is oh, that's, that's my, my gay, gay friend. friend, episode number 38, we getting up there, baby, hey, husband, how are you tonight? I am good, husband, how are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen. Welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by Kenneth Dry. Open up a new can. Speaking Did that sound of, like a fresh can of ginger ale? You do, and speaking of a fresh can of ginger ale what do we have on the docket as far as drinks go let's go ahead on? you guys you know what time it is you do it every week get your cocktail ready while you gather your libation we'll tell you our libation selection for tonight and then we will talk about our week so tonight i am the only one having a cocktail mm-hmm. i am having a good old-fashioned casadores with Ginger ale, so tequila and ginger ale, reposado. You can't go with that. That's a nice. It's a classic. Can't go wrong with that. That's a nice combination. It's club. a good combination. It's a classic. It never fails. It's, it, you, you know what the girl gives. You know what I'm yeah. saying. So I'm always here for that. So all right, friends. Hopefully you have gathered your cocktail and you're ready to toast to this wonderful celebration because it is jam packed, baby. This episode has dips and turns and all the shit in between. So let's raise this glass. Clank, 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 clank. Speaking of dips and turns. Oh, no. I'm going to give you your introduction. Oh, I mean, yes, but you should probably tell your week first. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't have any dips and turns, but my week was, it was a good week. Um, Nothing too much out the ordinary. Jim was great. I'm loving that. I started to do... Uh, take protein, protein powder shakes okay. and everything. So that's that's a new one for your boy. Um, you know, supplementing that for a meal is very interesting. It's like I'm full, but I haven't eaten any actual food in my body. So, but that's very interesting. But I'm here for it. Had a great workout this week, the last four days, and tonight was a wonderful workout. So, had a good week, and last week was my husband's 36th birthday and so i'm just going to give the introduction people you know what i'm saying so we did wonderful fabulous things for his birthday but i want the birthday boy and this pisces spirit to talk about what he did so how was your week babe well my week was fucking fabulous <laughs> so <laughs> my actual birthday was on monday um, and that, you know, was very low key, very chill for me. I like to experience all of the birthday amenities that are out there. So I got my free Starbucks. Okay. I got my, uh, free Grand Slam at Denny's, which was fucking gross, <laughs> but it's just the principle of it that it's free. This so free I take advantage every year. Yeah. Um, you know, eat the eggs and pancakes and bring the bacon home to the babies. But, and then at, at, night we went to dinner right at our little spot in downtown but the biggest thing that i i participated in was on saturday i did drag for the very first time say what you did who who was she and she is who she is me she (laughs) was me so it doing drag has been something that i wanted to try for a very long time just because I always felt I would be a beautiful woman. <laughs> you thought you was pussy. I always felt that I was going to be just fresh tilapia. 
<laughs> just fresh flounder fish. on the table there you uh, go. for you. And turns out I was. <laughs> yes, you you were. I I let me say this before you get into your well, no, I want you to tell the people, then I'll give a comment. Okay. So this has been months in the making because I know I knew that you know it was probably gonna be a one-time thing. And I wanted it to be at a certain level. So I didn't want, you know, to be crunchy and busted and like DIY. So I went out, sought professionals <laughs> to help me out. I got right. a three-time Emmy Award winning makeup artist to beat this face. Come on now. Um, I bought a very expensive wig and got it styled very expensively to look like actual drag queen hair yes and um you know high low high low i got me a fashion of outfit because <laughs> i was gonna be a bad bitch you know through anything, and through. Any, and bad anything. bitch can wear anything she wants you know what i'm saying right. don't matter I'll what the price point I'll is crack. um but yeah it was a lot a lot of trial and error over the past few uh months i bought a wig that was horrible had to send that back the company tried to pull uh stunts and shows and say that i sent them a completely different wig um i ordered so many dresses and outfits that you saw over the past few months right. a few just to make sure that i got like the look and the silhouette right uh it, it was a lot it was a few times that i was about to say fuck it but I didn't. I'm glad I didn't because it all came together perfectly on Saturday night. Invited a lot of our friends, family, uh, to Beaches and WeHo. Shout out to them. We had the entire upstairs section. Yes. And what made it so special was not a single soul recognized me. Not one fucking person. It was so great because my best friend, shout out Drew, Who's also been here every hey, step Drew. of the way, um, and my and the makeup artist Glenn, shout out Glenn. Uh, they were both like, "Yeah, we don't think no one's gonna recognize you." And I was like, "No, like, come on. I feel like I still look like me, just you know, a heightened makeup right. version yes. of me." So I didn't understand the concept, and plus my body, like I did, I didn't pat. My body is my body, and people know my body and my height. So I was like, of course people are going to know me. But yeah, not a single soul. Like, people were passing me by. I would say hi. They would say, hello. Walk right past me <laughs> and look for you or someone else they recognize. And I had to, like, either tap on them, tap on their shoulder, or, like, stand in front of them and just stare. And a lot of people still didn't get it until I said something and they heard my voice and every reaction was like a, oh my god are you serious or bitch it was great baby the reactions were over the top but to rewind a little bit so yes so the whole process when you were getting your getting beat you were going into your geesh and everything i sat there at glenn's house and looking at you and i was like you are a pretty bitch like i had to give you because he did an amazing job with the makeup mm -hmm. and everything and so also like you said, at the party, no people were really... I was shocked that people didn't know who you were. Mm -hmm. But also, you were paying it like you were a professional drag queen. Like you, the, you, once you got into full geesh, you took on whoever you were, wanted to be that whole fantasy. You took that whole fantasy on, and you were standing there. So people just thought you were a host. Then mm -hmm. it really... I was like, y'all don't think that... Y'all don't see it as him. And also, 
Your shape is is great. The sh- the dress was slutty as hell. I loved it. Um, I loved it. Yeah. So what? I said I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It was you know what I'm saying? It was it was great. So you looked amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you you know you did you did the damn thing? And I, I was surprised that once we left and we were walking, it was raining, and you were all worried about people not coming out because the rain. But people who were meant to be there showed up and showed out. Oh, it was a night. It was a great turnout, and luckily enough, because if you're in LA, last Saturday was fucking El Nino like it was pouring throughout the day <laughs> yeah. but it miraculously stopped around like 8 o'clock yeah 8 9 o'clock it definitely stopped there was no more rain and night. it didn't rain anymore that night so I actually got the chance once we left beaches to kind of like walk around and tip it tip around and we ho in my heels that I did not take off the entire night no baby you was a hook on this I had to put you on the corner I said let's stay on the corner real quick while we put this in the car yes that Ike Turner spirit jumped out of you real quick <laughs> <laughs> like, you're, well, I also have it. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, it was a. It wasn't a platform. It was a flat sole with a four and a half inch heel. So all the ladies out there know the commitment <laughs> that I put through in those heels all night. It was from what nine to one thirty. Yeah, we left about one thirty. Yeah, because um, we walked the full strip. We walked. We actually did another circle from beaches. We walked down to uh, Paz uh, Rocco's, and then we walked the trunks. Mm-hmm. Did that? You and Chris. Chris, shout out to Chris. That's listen. You and Chris were looking like two bad bitches. Like she already has her own aesthetic and look, mm-hmm. and she's already a vibe herself. Yes. And then you tip, and I was just I had to sit and watch. I was like, oh, these bitches right here. Like so, I I was like. I feel like I'm a straight man right now. Like, so I have to make sure y'all we at the at the club. Make, y'all got you want a seat? Try to find you a seat. You walking in and walking on the street. It was so funny. People thought you were somebody. Like they they yes. thought you were like, oh my god, where you perform or what's your name? And so, do you want to tell our friends what your actual name is or did you have a name? I do. So my name was L Shade. First okay. name L, last name Shade. Shade. People were stopping me, asking to take pictures. It was very nice. One very nice uh, gentleman came up to me, and he was like, "I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I'm sorry for doing this, but may I ask who you are?" And I was like, <laughs> um, "Your neighborhood drag queen? Like, I don't know. Your neighborhood Spider Man. Your neighborhood Spider Man. Your neighborhood drag queen. Like, I, I, I didn't know what answer he was looking for or who he thought I was, but it was." It, it was a lot of great, positive feedback. Um, a lot of people shared beautiful words with me. A lot of people were like, okay, this is this is what you need to do. This is like, uh, one guy said, um, he said to you, like, this isn't your man anymore. He, <laughs> he belongs, belongs to the world. <laughs> he, to the world. <laughs> he was dead serious. It was so cute. So um, how did you feel hearing that? One, being in it, something that is a... I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to say a lifelong dream. I'm not sure how long you've had this mm-hmm. dream or what, but setting something, seeing it, setting a goal, seeing it, achieving it, killing it, getting the response. How did that all feel for you? Oh my gosh. It felt amazing. But one thing that it, it did surprisingly enough for me, it just made me appreciate me more. Davion. Okay. It didn't make me want to be someone else. Um, because growing up, I always wanted to be someone else. And, you know, once Drag Race started to come on, I was like, ooh, this is, you know, an avenue where I can actually be someone else. 
plus, you know, acting and things, things like that. Yeah. Um, but during this whole process, seeing it through, planning it out myself, funding it myself, like doing everything, it made me just appreciate Davion more, not want to be anyone else. Okay. Like it really made me like when RuPaul, you know, says it and it's cheesy. It's like it drag really shows who you are. Yeah. It truly does. But for me, it wasn't. It didn't show me who I was when I was like fully dressed up with the wig and makeup on. It's like it showed me who I was planning for that moment and getting there. Like the stick with itness and me pushing through any past trauma. Because for me, and I didn't even say this, I was a little triggered that day because growing up, it always rained on my birthday every single year. And as a child, I never got to do any of like birthday parties at the park, birthday parties at home, going to amusement parks, like everything that I wanted to do and like vocalize to my parents, it never came to fruition because on the day of, you know, shit got canceled yeah. and it never occurred to my parents to like make it up or reschedule. So I kind of always got the, the stiff end of the deal every single year. So when it was looking like it was going to happen again this year at 36, I was a little, I was traumatized throughout the day. Like I was a little triggered, yeah. but a, because a part of me seriously thought, okay, I should just postpone it or reschedule it um, for, you know, March. But I was like, no, fuck that. Like I'm an adult. <laughs> I made this shit happen yeah. and it will continue to full steam ahead. So the fact that, you know, I pushed through and stuck with my plan and my birthday went exactly the way that I wanted it to go. Like there was no consolation prize. There was no disappointment yeah. of any kind. Like the night went perfect. It, it was a personal like triumph for me, like really taking control as crazy as it may sound or as cheesy as it may sound it really felt like okay i'm truly taking control of my life and taking care of that inner child and i can continue doing that <laughs> you know i don't have to let you know past triggers run my life and lead me down you know different avenues i can take control of the ship and yeah. steer it wherever the fuck i want it to go and make things happen for myself that I want to happen when I want them to happen. Yeah, you healed little Davion. It's like you gave exactly. him that you gave him that victory. You gave him that that win because you know it was raining and it didn't stop. You know we we're looking at the forecast and everything, but you know, and aggressively raining, not yeah. like a drizzle. <laughs> no, but either way, and I told you, it's like we're gonna do this shit whether or not. You know, mm -hmm. you got your umbrella prepared, and so it was. Again, people were coming out and again whoever showed up was going to show up and that's just what happened that's what it was so it was an absolutely beautiful moment that i will remember forever yeah. um mainly because i have so many great pictures from it but yeah i like a lot of people are like okay you, you get bit by the bug like i don't i'll never say never but i'm not sitting here like itching to get back into those heels again or to wear that wig again. I mean, it's a very expensive wig, so I will keep that bitch and, you know, put it in the closet somewhere. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, like it was definitely something on my bucket list that I did. And I'm in the headspace now that I want that I now that I accomplished this successfully, I'm ready to like tackle something else on that bucket list. Yeah, well, that's what you have to do in life. You have to look at the things that you want. And if it's a, if you're able to do that, just I'm always an advocate for that. Like, do the shit that you want to do, mm-hmm. especially for your birthday. I'm always a big advocate. People should do exactly what the fuck they want to do on their actual birthday. Absolutely. So that was amazing. So that was great. Yeah, that was the birthday weekend. I will be putting a picture up on the social media. So friends out there, you can see how much of a bad bitch I was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, that was our week at a glance. Other than that, I've been. Uh, working out, gymming it up, doing like what you said, protein shakes and shit like that. Yeah. All the things for the people. All the things for the people. So you want to get into these hot topics? Yeah, because spring is coming. Spring. I just want to take a moment to pause and say we are in fucking March. It was just January. I remember vividly us saying Happy New Year's to each other. Very, very much so. I can't. Oh, we're not at my cousin's house down the street. I'm, I just, I'm just taken back by that. Like, wow. So they say as you get older, the years to just they just keep turning. So that's an amazing thing to happen. But I'm just, I'm like, wow. Can't believe we're in March already. But yes. So speaking of newness going on, Kiki Palmer, congratulations to you and your boo. Don't know his name, but he's somebody. And their baby now. She had her baby in Black History Month, and so she, they decided that they wanted to give an old Negro spiritual name to their child. A waiting the water name. Waiting the water. And every baby is precious, so this little precious Leotis Andrelton. Andrelton. Andrelton Jackson. Leotis Andrelton Jackson. Welcome to the world, sir. I hope they just call you Leo. Yeah, because I'm just gonna say Leo. I think, yeah, I think she referred to him as a little Leo on her. Because how do you get Leotis? Leotis. Lee. Oh, like that is the most Negro, Negro deep down Alabama 1918s name you can pick out the crop. It is aggressive. It is, it is a chitlin name. It is a chitlin name. That's what Not chitlin with the hustle, with the rare rooster. Yeah, with the, yeah in the <laughs> white bucket <laughs> with the so red amazing. top. I cannot. That's what the kind of name that is. But no, what it says is, my son will never have to work a day in his life unless he wants to. <laughs> That's what that name says. Like Kiki said, I got the bag. I keeps the job. So. Well, no, but he can also be smart. He can, he can, he can also go his name Leo A. Jackson, or he could do L.A. Jackson. So I would definitely abbreviate that as an adult. Like, you know, take on the ownership of all the blackness that you have, but for a corporate world, L.A. Jackson or Leo A. Jackson. L.A. Jackson actually has a very nice very nice ring to it. L.A. Jackson. If you were to pursue acting, L.A. Jackson. Yeah. So, so, and that way she's smart because that's a very, it's a very um, Hollywood type name, Mm. but you know, I'm a proud. I'm proud of them. And Kiki always, you know, gagged the people. She always gagged the girls. So, congratulations to you guys and yes. baby Leo. And speaking of being gagged, we woke up. I think the world woke up to some news that was gagadacious, gagalicious. Yes. 
Drew Sador from Real Housewives of Atlanta, her whack ass punk ass scallywag husband Ralph actually filed for divorce from from her. So were you gagged by that shit? I was not gagged that they're divorcing. Gagged at the fact that it was uh, stated he filed for divorce, but. Moments after that bombshell dropped, specifics came out about the filing, and it actually turned out that Drew filed 61 minutes before he did. So technically, she (laughs) filed for divorce first, and that shows that this is going to be a messy, messy, and petty divorce (laughs) proceeding. But I'm not surprised considering how they were during their marriage. Like, the marriage was messy. It was so the, messy. the divorce is going to be even messier. Um, needless to say, she's secured at least two more seasons. And which I'm so upset about because I thought she was gone. Like, I mean, if anything, this <laughs> I want to see. Like, this I don't mind seeing. But I don't feel she's going to be truthful. I, I think she's going to try to sugarcoat shit. Mm. She's going to try to protect because he is the father of two of her children um and which also leads to what i what i tell you what did i say i say he's not going to adopt that other child because he's going to leave her ass remember i said this yeah you did i'm just saying two out of two people i'm psychic he that's why he did not take that child on so i want to know the her mom's reaction from all this her reaction from from seeing, seeing this whole situation i just feel like I hope that she's transparent as possible because, again, we all seen the disrespect that he has displayed to her. She still don't know who the fuck he was with in Miami. In Miami. So, more information came out. (laughs) It it was just a slow leak. She stated on social media that the reason why she filed for divorce was because he got physical with her. So, if she is saying that now... I feel like there is going to be a certain level of transparency. Probably not this upcoming season because I think it already filmed. No, they're still filming. Are they still they're filming? They're still filming. Of course, they're, they're still filming this um, right now. So, Well, we'll have to see. But I hope if they, if they are still knee-deep in, in filming that it will be. Please, Bravo will be like, uh, produ- producers, get camera crew over there right now. They probably was at with her ass at the damn courthouse. Like, all true tea. I mean, you can't... I, I, if it was before this season Potomac, I would have agreed with you. <laughs> but, uh, in the name of Robin, there could be things happening and we oh, know no. nothing about. And he's like, no, we're not pulling that shit no more. We're not doing that. I mean, once upon a time, I would say I would have faith in that process, but I don't know. I'll have to see it to believe it. <laughs> well, what we do know, like you said, she has secured another season or two, um, and that's all I need from her. Like, there's nothing. I don't want to see Drew take on the world. I don't want to see let's find Drew a date. I don't want to see none of that. I, yeah, I, don't, I feel like after the divorce that. proceedings, she can go for me because like you said, I don't want to see her go it alone. Like literally once the divorce papers are finalized, she can ride off into the sunset. Yeah. Her purpose will be served. So unfortunate. Cause you know, we always support black love and, and everything. And if he did get physical with her, that sir is unacceptable. We do not support any type of violence, male to female, female to male, male to male, female to female. 
Um, however, I do understand sometimes you gotta shake a motherfucker up. But that just that's jokes. But we don't support that here at the pod of the cast. And you know, it's unfortunate if that did happen. Um, and very, everything. Very. So But um, another unfortunate situation that happened this week. Is now this is sensitive to you, so I don't know. Should you do you want to tell the story? I can tell the story oh, because okay. I mean I have no dog in the fight. Shaka Khan comes out against Rolling Stones' uh, greatest singers of all time. This was a trigger for her as she uh, called out not only Mary J. Blige but also Mariah Carey. Did she? She know? called. She specifically stated about Mary J. Blige. That Mary ruined her song "Sweet Thing" uh, in the <laughs> re-recording. Wait, ah, I'm sorry. She said she ruined her song. I didn't hear that. I didn't read this article. Yeah, she said that Mary was flat when she uh, was on the remake that she was singing, and she stated the fact that Mariah Carey was in the top five of greatest singers of all time. She said that must be payola or some shit like that. So she thinks Mariah paid her way to get to that high status. I don't know if Shaka just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Mama's detoxing. I don't know what it is. Now listen, are we talking about Shaka? Now, who, which Shaka is judging this? The Shaka that we saw on Versus was Gladys Knight is saying this, the one that didn't know her own lyrics, or the Shaka that was, you know, you know, sugar back in the seventies getting stored in the coat, like allegedly. Like, what shocker are we talking about? Who said this? Because I need to know. If it's the shocker that was on verses with Stephanie Mills, then as it relates to Mariah, I can't really vibe with that. I don't take that to heart. But how do you feel about her saying Mary was flat? I mean, listen, <laughs> Mary is no Whitney Houston. We all know that Mary has been flat multiple times before right. and will continue to be flat in most cases. I am a huge Mary J. Blige fan, but I'm also not delusional. That's the that's the that's the caveat when it comes with me. I'm I, I can be fans of people but yeah. still like be in reality <laughs> like with things. So yes, it is unfortunate when you have an icon I just always I just never understood when you have icons like undisputed legends like go for people that have came after them because it's like you have you're just punching down at this point. Well, like, she's sung are you because she sung her song, so I I can understand that. Like I did it this way, and then someone does a rendition of my song, and it's not to the caliber or the quality that I would do it. I would have a problem with that. Yeah, um, it, it, I would too, but I wouldn't have stated it thirty years after the song came out. Like literally. The remake well, maybe no one was asked her. 30 years ago. Maybe no one asked her at that time. So maybe they just asked her right now and she just... But I mean, no. even even asking her now yeah, and her opinion. stating it now, it just comes off as like press. Like you have nothing else to do. Like it just comes off as like being a cantankerous old woman that's like, get off my lawn. It's in the same vein for me as Stephanie Mills like calling out Beyonce saying she's hip hop and she's not it's like it just makes them sound so old. Well well they are and and two things can be true. One they are and then two they come from a realm of of piercing and, and no hydro shit going on, just vocals. But then they also at the age that don't give a fuck no more. And I can't wait to get to that age. Like I'm saying whatever the fuck I was thinking, I'ma say it to you or say it up to someone else. So 
I appreciate that. I also, it's, I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious and funny because I'm a big Mary J. Blige, Mary J. Blige fan. But when we got together, I know that was your girl. And just like, I feel like you are a big Janet Jackson fan, but because that's my girl. So we kind of like flipped and was like, okay, like that's your person. You know, don't say nothing negative about that person in our dynamics. So it's just kind of funny. Thought about that right now. Mm. So, but yeah, so um, Shaka said that. And, you know, friends, tell us what you think. Sound off on it on Oh, That's Make a Friend at IG. Let us know if you feel like Shaka was correct with Mar Mariah not being in the top five and then also Mary being flat on Sweet Thing. Let us know how you feel. Give us the details. Tell us how you feel. Yes. Yeah, so I feel that there is a new movie coming out in June and I want to see it. However, I don't do horror, but I will go with the crew and long as there are cocktails flowing in the wind. And this film is called The Blackening, and it's an all-black cast. It's a 2022 American comedy horror film directed by Tim Story and co-written by Tracy Oliver and Dwayne Perkins, who also stars in the movie. Expanded from 2018 short film by an improv comedy troupe, Three Pete, the film follows an all-black group of friends who encounter a killer while staying in a cabin in the woods. Now, black people in the woods, do we belong there? No. Has there, has there anything been positive about black folks in the woods in any type of movie at all? No. <laughs> so, but the trailer, I, for friends, we encourage you to go to YouTube, look up the trailer for Blackening. It comes out in June. It has also Yvonne Orji in it. So I'm here for yeah, that. from Insecure fame. From Insecure. And a lot of other people that's really um, up and coming, different mm -hmm. comedians and everything. So... Um, I'm here for it. I want to see it. I just know that I'm gonna be looking like Usher when he did this little between his hands. His little hand move. That's gonna be me. Also with a drink in my hand. So, would you be watching Blackening? Yeah, I love horror movies. I love black folks. I love comedy. So it sounds like that is the perfect. The movie is going to be a perfect combination of all three of those things. So. Yeah, the trailer kind of gives. I've never seen Saw before, but. It kind of gives that type of situation. Um, so it's interesting, not to give too much away, but the trailer it has Yvonne. Uh, somehow she is lost in the house. You guys remember that Martin episode when Martin brought the house for like fifty thousand dollars, and there was a Halloween episode, and it was everybody in the cast and people. You turned around and someone got took away from the uh, room or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think something like that kind of happens with Yvonne and. Next thing you know, there's a camera, looks very uh, saw-ish, and they have to do a puzzle, and either she dies or they die, or they need to figure out the puzzle before she dies, some shit like that. But again, check it out, Black and Ink, coming to the theaters June of this year. Check it out, guys. So, moving on, we have our new segment, Have You Ever Wondered Why? And I actually have one this week, and I okay. think that we all can understand my my plight especially if you're here in california specifically los angeles have you ever wondered why you can be stuck in traffic specifically on the 405 for almost an hour and then out of nowhere the traffic just opens up <laughs> like after being in traffic this happened to me yesterday 
heading to the valley to have dinner with our good Judy. It I was in traffic for an hour going like 10 to 15 miles per hour. Yes. And then it just opened up. Like it and when I say open up it just stopped being traffic. <laughs> the rhyme reason and for, for no rhyme or reason like after being in going 10 miles an hour for an hour, I expect to see like body bags on the freeway. I expect to see ambulance, like helicopters and like SWAT team and shit in the middle of the street, like telling people which way to go. Like I, like if I see that, I'm like, oh gosh, okay, I can, I can completely understand. I get it. But for it to just open up, it's like, what the fuck happened? And why did it have to happen this way? Like I, for the life of me, I don't understand how traffic works. Like I don't understand how I, I just need to see. Well, was it. there an accident? Because sometimes when there's an accident and you have the licky loos on the opposite direction, they stop and they slow down traffic because they are, they are looking at. Something. No, there was so nothing. There was, no, there was nothing. The actual no other okay. the other lanes um, going. No, uh, southbound, southbound, going southbound because I was going north. Okay. Uh, the other lanes going southbound were actually just smooth sailing. <laughs> like it, it was smooth sailing the entire way. I saw it because I was just sitting there and I had no, I had nothing else to do but just watch people actually going above twenty miles per hour. Um, but yeah, it, it's happened to me. It's happened to all of us. Right. Very frequently. I just don't understand how it happens when there is nothing stopping you like there is nothing yeah. there's no incident happening well and also because so you left at a certain time i left maybe an hour and a half after you mm -hmm. and i made it to the valley in like 15 minutes and you were like what the fuck yeah so who knows it's la especially the 405 that's just a monster in itself so you know We'll still wonder why. Yes, I will still be wondering. <laughs> so, guys, we're going to wrap up this segment, but just want to talk about two more things real quickly. SWV and Escape, new show on this Sunday, March 5th on Bravo. So, make sure you guys tune in. Let's get them the ratings. Listen, I think it's going to be a great series for the true diehard fans of these two groups, these iconic groups. Um, this is another check for candy. Like, she don't need no more fucking money. But she'll take it. She will definitely take it. Um, but also, I would love to see the breakdown and the escape group. Because there's some definite drama between the sisters mm -hmm. and the group members and SWV. So, you know, we have a new show to watch. So, we will be talking about that. So, if you want to be abreast about the hot topics we have, make sure you tune in to SWV and Escape. March 5th, every Sunday on Bravo. To wrap up this segment... We're going to wrap up Black History Month. We know it's March 2nd, March 3rd when you listen to this. But listen, hey, we black. It is what it is. We recorded this in the month of February, so <laughs> right. take it. Um, so, you know, our spotlight of black queer culture. Uh, this is a spotlight of a black queer situation. But we want to talk about the NAACP Awards that happened mm -hmm. this past weekend. It was an amazing show. It was really good. It was star-studded. I was surprised so yes. many people showed up. Star-studded. All your faves were there. And I really, I felt really proud to watch it this year. Because we watched other seasons. 
Uh, and, and when I say watch, we've like skimmed through to see who our favorite person was, and then we've mm-hmm. heard their speech and moved on from it. But we watched this entire show, and from yeah. the beginning to the end. And last week, our spotlight, our spotlight of Black queer culture was Queen Latifah. Just so happened, coincidentally, she hosted the show for yeah. this season, and she did. Queen did an amazing job, and but the takeaway for us. I think I speak for both of us was Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union Wade because I'm going to put some respect to her motherfucking name their love for their daughter Zaya Zaya is amazing and Dwayne Wade is just he's a class act I like Dwayne I thought he was always a little cute little chocolate drop but like beyond that I think he he exuberates what the father is supposed to be. Absolutely. And he talks because fathers have their ideal, especially if you have, you know, you you biologically had a son who then as they got older, they realized their identity was not what they were born as. And so elected to want to take on their true identity. And it's difficult for a black man to understand that and see that. And so I just love the fact that he's immersed himself in understand, letting his child speak who they are. But he spoke so passionately about her and how she's opened his eyes and how he's his job was to protect her. And the fact that there's fucking adult males and females who are just disgusting talking about a child and all these things. It was amazing. But the 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 MVP goes to Gabrielle for me. Gabrielle said some most prevalent shit. What that was so poignant and that was so just amazing to see because she broke down how there is still work to be done and the dis- the discrimination that their child faces every day by social media and people and just how we just need to be better as a black people and if we're gonna fight for black people. We need to fight for all black people. So how did you feel about seeing their speech? Well, I think one of the most important takeaway is that they are true representations of what parenting should be. Because so often parents try to see themselves in their children. Right. And all of their unfulfilled dreams, they try to push that onto the child instead of just letting the child live and exist and be their own person and grow into their own person they they tend to place expectations on them and especially in the black community where their expectations can be toxic and steeped in generational curses and just toxicity they're showing people out there that you you don't have to be what you were taught and how you were parented. Right. You don't have to continue that cycle of mental verbal abuse and wonder why, you know, your kids don't visit you and don't want to talk to you and are in therapy and, you know, or, or this and that or in jail. So I just want to take a minute and focus on like the parenting piece because yes they both had they both said amazing words and they both you know spoke a lot of love and light into their daughter but it it can't be easy for them especially when they have peers 
coming for them and ridiculing them and saying that they're opportunist and that they're just taking advantage of this situation to remain relevant, which is absolutely crazy because if you really look at it, they're not out parading her. No. Like, literally, what's keeping all three of them in the media is what other people have to say, say about the them. Negativity, the negativity right. is what's keeping them in the headlines. Like, literally, they're not giving press conferences and saying, guess what? We got a daughter now. And like, no, they're literally just trying to live their life and they're having to come out now and defend their underage daughter who have adults coming for her just because she just wants to live her life (laughs) like that's literally all that baby is doing is just like existing um and wanting to like exist authentically which is in the this day and age something that needs to be commended and uh you know appreciated it, I just, I thought it was a beautiful, I, I want to commend NAACP for even giving them a platform. Oh, of course. Of because course. it's so easy not to. And I'm calling out BET, who, you know, will, will never, to, uh, well, at least they haven't up until this point, like, shed light on gay actors, gay actresses, because uh, Nico... Uh, the actor from um, P Valley. P Valley actually won an NAACP award. They televised it. Yeah. He went up there and was able to be himself. It's like a lot of you know our are in air quote award shows catered to a very specific part of the black experience. Yeah. For years, BET is iconic for it. Um, like they. Uh, years ago tried to stop uh, B. Scott from being so flamboyant and feminine uh, hosting one of the red carpets. I remember that. Like, and he came out and spoke out against it. It's like, okay, so clearly they've been for a certain type of black demographic, which is what Gabrielle spoke out against. Yeah, that's what she spoke to. That's what she was saying, like, are we are we gonna fight for some black people or all black people? And that is extremely prevalent. And that's it. Right now. That's just if you're black and you're an American, we should fight for you. Period. No matter what the hell you look like, creed, color, whatever. Like that should just be what it is. So. And that should be what it is. And that's what it is here. And oh. that's what it is. And on that point, you guys, we're gonna take this break, get these coins, and come back with the reality roundup. So stay tuned. BRB. We're back. All right, you guys. We are back with the reality roundup, and we got to gather some edges because Real Housewives, Real Housewives of Potomac reunion part two was aired, and we pick up with, of course, Giselle and Chris their drama and her feeling uncomfortable, but waiting five thousand months to talk about feeling uncomfortable when there was a camera crew present. How convenient, right? I mean, it's it. <laughs> It's a mess. I I don't have anything else to add because I've dragged Giselle enough this season (laughs) as she rightfully deserved. Yeah, I just I was here for Candace supporting her husband and just letting the world know. And she's like, listen, Giselle, the people see you for who you are now. 
you had ample enough time to come to me woman to woman and sit down or even let Chris know when you have been in our presence, but you chose not to. And you took it upon a situation with Ashley and she told you some lies, which Ashley friend will call her Sesame Street lie even more so about um, Wendy's husband talking to her and, you know, being all up in her face. And then she and what I love was Bravo producers play back. The interaction she had with Chris and Chris was looking dead in his phone. He was answering her questions. He didn't say shit to her except for yes, uh-huh. Thank you, ma'am. That was it. So you know that that's just what that was. Um, but I want to move on to Giselle kind of became human for a moment. We had about was it three minutes of it? Maybe three, maybe four. Four minutes and twenty-five seconds of her being actual kind human person and she talked about her uterus surgery her hysterectomy that happened because of her thyroids and we know that's a hot topic with black women out there please get checked for your thyroids i know we have i have i personally have a situation family friends close friends who have had the surgery or have had partial hysterectomies or hysterectomy and i know it's not something to be to laugh about right it's a very serious situation very very serious situation she actually touched on how serious it was because she ended up having to stay in the hospital longer than she expected longer than what she told her daughters right and i don't so my mother had one and she had the hysterectomy she had thyroids and so um I automatically knew you were you're staying in the hospital for some days like I, I don't know why she told her daughters she was coming home the same day I don't know why she did that, but you know, she did say that it was supposed to be a three hour surgery turned into eight hours and they stopped getting updates. So, you know, to respect for her situation, I do feel her, her family probably were concerned about her oh, of um, and everything. And so I hope she's healed. I hope she has some, you know, closure with that. And you would think someone goes through something that serious because it, it's you know it's it's like well i'm not even gonna compare it to anything what a man has we have but hearing people who again who i know have had the situation you know a woman can feel as if that's she's not a woman no more because they're taking part of her development of organs that mm-hmm. that helps her be a woman you know um but she seems to be bouncing back well from this um but she's still being cunty and I don't know if this has humbled her or not. Well, absolutely not. But what I will say, it was refreshing to see her be vulnerable and to see her actually show emotion. She was getting teary-eyed, thinking about what her daughters were going through during that time, that they weren't getting updates. And, you know, they found out that she did have to stay in the hospital overnight. I just wish that this entire Robin situation kind of wakes something up in Giselle because like Candace mentioned, this season could have been about her dwindling uterus. Like it could, but you know, not even to be funny about it, but she had a storyline that could have resonated with so many women. Yeah. And it was a missed opportunity because she just didn't want to share that part of herself with the show. But, I mean, 
everybody needs some type of redeemable quality because at this point, Giselle is like teetering into like Lisa Renna territory where it's like people are going to eventually turn on you if you don't give them something to like. Right. Well, that speaks to a point that Winnie talked about and I wanted to ask you a question about it because it seems as if Giselle wants everyone's tea. She wants to know and it seems and not that she's pointing a gun to their head to say tell me your information but she says it in a way where it's like it's open-ended questions it's like well now I'm she does it number one in front of a group of people so that person feels on the spot and now I feel like I have to say something about this and if I just say no then her side piece or another bitch is going to say some shit to try to press me about this question so now I feel like I have to respond to it but Wendy said you want to talk about everybody else, but you don't want to talk about yourself. So do you think that's fair for her to be in that type of situation? Absolutely not. But okay. that's always, that's literally how Giselle has been since season one. So how do we change that? Though? Like, how do we, how does, how do the producers of this show hold her accountable and say, no, you need to fess up and talk about some shit. Cause she mentioned, well, I talk about it. They just don't, they don't air it. She did say that when it was kind of brought to her attention that it's whatever happens is just cuts. Now, is it just is it because it's just so whack and that uninteresting that they're cutting it or is it purposefully is it purposefully done? Like I where are I, we with this? I think what it what's happening is Giselle is being a not so silent producer. So at the end of the day, she is moving plot along. She is doing a job, just not the job she was hired to do. Right. And it, you know, results still happen. I don't think, I think as long as the other girls play along to it, she'll, Giselle will be able to get away with it for the tenure of her being on this uh, mm -hmm. franchise. To be good, I'm being completely serious. I think it's going to take them getting rid of Robin and the other girls kind of, happen. just let that me actually, finish. Yeah. I think it's going to take them getting rid of Robin, one, cause that's a security blanket for Giselle. Because once Robin goes, the other girls can kind of <laughs> you know, can kind of like muster the strength and have like a mutiny and say, okay, well, if you're not authentic, I just won't film with you. And there's power in that because there's no one housewife greater than a franchise. I mean, if Nini can go down in, in, in fucking shambles, anyone <laughs> can go down in shambles. So I think that there will be a reckoning. I just don't see it happening anytime soon with Giselle because she is still doing a job unfortunately it's just not hers yeah very true so well let's move on to Mia and Wendy so we revisit the fight we revisit the problematic behavior that I felt with it because I felt that Giselle and Robert were completely in the wrong they took sides with Mia because they didn't like Wendy and it was a double standard of, oh, you, you just had that drink thrown on you. That wasn't assault. Or, you know, as this is, is happening, you put your cell phone on, you start recording this shit, and then you start saying to her, to her being Wendy, when you're antagonizing her, you're being attacked. It's like, I was just physically, I was assaulted with this. 
by this person. So Wendy breaks everything down and basically tells Mia, like, bitch, you lucky. The only reason why I didn't put hands on you is because I got shit to fucking lose. It's not that I couldn't put hands on you, but I had to think for myself. What did you think about that? And more importantly, what did you think about Robin's poor ass excuse of saying, well, that's why I was saying, Wendy, like, if you're going to fight, just fight or not. Just like stop talking about it because you do have shit to lose. So what did you think about the whole situation? Well, I mean, I, I, I've already stated Mia was completely in the wrong. There's nothing redeemable about her in this instance or just in general. Uh, Wendy is an icon and a legend and still one of my faves. Robin is a fucking idiot. I, I, I do, I do appreciate them showing that extra footage because it helped me see a little bit where she was coming from. But at the end of the day, she still didn't like Wendy. She said she still didn't like Wendy and her attitude, demeanor, and the way that she conducted herself and the bias that she had proved it. And yeah, <laughs> there's nothing left. Really, there's nothing left. Really there's nothing left to say. And and again, it goes into it plays into a bigger conversation that was had later on in the show about colorism. But because and it's just again when Monique did what she did to Candace and everyone just that was the horriblest thing. And people hired security guards to be in the presence of Monique because they didn't know how she was going to react. Like. This was just brushed off like nothing. Like Wendy was just left like to fend for herself. The only support she really had was Candace and about 10% of Karen shit because Karen was, they're both my friends. I don't want to get in, in between this shit. And even Robin tried to pull, she tried to pull Karen into this shit. And Karen's like, leave me out of this. Like I had nothing to do with that. And really points out that Robin was kind of the aggressor in that situation of the exchange between Wendy and Robin at the table after the drink was thrown. So I find it just interesting that um, this wasn't taken as serious as it should have been taken. And it was kind of just swept under the rug. And without Wendy being vocal about it and Candace being vocal about this, they just would have been like, okay, this is nothing. But this play, like I said, this played into a bigger conversation of colorism. So the ladies sat down. Before, just rewind real quick before we get into the colorism conversation, because it's still, I have some uh, tea regarding Mia and Wendy. So before okay. we, well, let's, let's go ahead and before let's we move pause past that real quick. Them, uh, during the reunion, Mia, being Mia, threw out an allegation that Wendy had dinner with Peter. Gave him the cookie or dessert or however she stated it. She did say that. She, because Wendy was getting in that ass. And like many of the women do on the show, when they're backed into a corner, instead of meeting wit for wit, they just fucking lie. lie. lie, lie. So this week, Peter Thompson, uh, Peter Thomas came out and slammed Mia on social media. He actually recorded himself in a video. Uh, completely debunking the rumors that she brought up at the reunion. Right. He said that he filmed with Wendy. It probably was five to ten minutes. They showed it. They milked it for multiple episodes. He said he um, also feels that Mia was disrespectful and thirsty. 
in her bringing up his name in such a manner. So that leads me to say Mia is great for the show. <laughs> First of all, give Patricia her check. Patricia Con Thompson, aka Peter, give her her check because she is in a. She's not even married to a housewife on a whole different franchise, and still is making a ruckus with the girls. He still has them all in a tizzy. Um, honestly, I feel like most of the tea this week came about this show came outside of the show and the reunion because we have. Michael Darby sued Candace for defamation of uh, character over her oral sex claims during the season. She told, during one of the many reads Candace had, she told (laughs) Ashley that uh, Michael would leave their home and go to another man's house and pay him to suck his dick. Well, that was true. And... Michael would like to disagree because that is exactly why he is suing her uh, for $2 million because he says says it's not true. She's lying and it is defaming his character. Moments after that came to light on social media, but moments after that happened, Mia hopped on her social media and issued apologies (laughs) to not only... Wendy, but to her friend Jacqueline saying, I'm sorry for repeating what I heard. So mama knows, you know, she just <laughs> lost some businesses. I mean, there's, she's still a CEO, but, you know, there's eight board members or seven and she has no money to uh, give up on lawsuits. So she's covering her own ass and apologizing to bitches that she lied on during the season because she's not trying to get that Michael Darby uh, attention. Oh, this is going to be white man on white man because, you know, Chris is going to whoop. He going to get into his ass because we heard Michael Darby say he would suck Juan's dick. Yeah. He, so, I mean, yeah. if you can suck a dick, you can get your dick sucked by a man. I'm just saying it's not that hard. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, payback is, you know, bartery system. So. But, yes, that was some hot off the press tea that came out this week. But I think uh, a very important part of this episode that you were about to st- uh, segue into was the colorism. It was, but I wanted to sidetrack again because I got some more side information. So breaking news. Peter Thompson was actually acquitted of a charge that happened with Tammy Rivera, her cousin out of his bar one. I want to say in, in South Carolina. So Tammy Rivera, which is uh, he's a black rapper. She's married to a black rapper, Ghostface, not Ghostface Killer. What's that nigga name? Dreads. He's not that cute. His mama has a deep voice. Her name is like Dead. Waka. Waka Fly. Thank okay. you. Um, Tammy's cousin was allegedly choked up by Peter. And there was a lawsuit, but Peter was acquitted today. So congratulations, Peter Thompson. If you know the your parents found you not guilty of that situation that happened. So Peter stay in these fucking streets, yo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so back to the colorism conversation. Now, the girls, well, Andy talks about how all of the ladies were hit up with the, by a producer to talk about the colorism and, and ask them their opinion if they wanted a moderator to be present 
Um, or if they felt comfortable enough with Andy being president to talk about this because it's a very sensitive topic in the black community. And so Andy prefaced it by saying, you know, I'm not going to be part of this conversation. I'm just here to learn. And so Candace actually started off the conversation with the group and gave a definition of what colorism was. And the ladies then chimed in and talked about different situations where they may have felt that it was prevalent in this situation with this group of some colorism happening or some biases with colorism of people alleging saying someone else is being aggressive, but someone else of a lot of hue does the same behavior and it's just laughed at and it's not taken that serious. So friends we want to have a conversation with you guys just let us know what did you think about the conversation and and how did you see do you think it was enough time spent on this topic during this reunion that's the question to you okay <laughs> you said i didn't say friends but friends you, <laughs> you, you, you can chime in on us on our ig page let us know how you felt about it okay i think two things one it should have been a moderator um it should have been a black woman moderator. Okay. Not Nicki Minaj, but a black woman. Absolutely not. To moderate it. That way, specific instances of colorism throughout the history of this franchise could have been brought up as examples. Yes. Because at the end of this very short segment, there were still there was still confusion. Giselle just straight up said, I'm glad this is over. Like she didn't appreciate the segment at all. And I'm sure there are probably about 70% of women at home that felt the exact same way as Giselle. We didn't need this segment. Colorism isn't real, fake news. Or a lot of people conflating colorism with racism, which are two completely different things. And I also, before you chime in, I think that this segment was way too short. It honestly shouldn't have been touched unless it was going to be done right and in depth because colorism has been the backbone of this franchise for years. So, I mean, if they didn't have the time to tackle it right right now, then they could have just waited next season. Right. Because it this has been a, an issue with this franchise for literally, I would say, a good four or five seasons so rushing to do it now and not do it right, I think did a disservice. Well, you said, you mentioned the fact that there are probably women who agree with Giselle. Do you think they are the same hue as Giselle? Because I can see that being possible. Oh, absolutely. And I say that because, you know, when you have a lighter, when you are of a lighter hue and you talk about colorism some i've i've i can only imagine someone can feel uncomfortable about that or again when you have a family that's just all light brights and no one has a darker hue in the family there's a certain perception that's there you know there's a certain conversation that that is possibly we had i've i know people who have had these conversations who shared it with me and they talk about you know like yeah we can't marry no one lighter darker than us or what have you or, or whatnot. So it's unfortunate that Giselle felt that way that I'm glad we're, we're done with this conversation, but you have dark skin, you have brown skin girls and you, you 
are part of this problem, especially with this group of ladies. So how? Why would you want to be done with this conversation so quickly? Because that's her light skin privilege. She's never had to experience the negatives of being called, like example to the show, aggressive, or being called angry, or anything that Wendy and Candace have experienced. So therefore, this is a non, this is a non-issue to Giselle. The same way white people are like, what do you mean racism? Like, right. if racism in America, America's great. America's one of the best places in the, in the world because that is through their perspective. So they can't relate, they can't sympathize, and they can't sit through a five-minute segment about something that they don't experience. But also, but they've been a part of and they contributed to it because I've, I feel like, let's Take them as I'm, I'm taking them to, for example, even Ashley, let's throw her in here because they can say certain things and do something. And it's it's like, oh, it's whatever. But if someone did the same thing with them and it's like, oh, well, she's being this like what you just said. But what I love was I love Ashley acknowledging like I know I have light skin privilege. Yeah, but I know I'm biracial. I know I have a privilege. I know people don't seem threatened by me or they if I say something in a, an aggressive tone, I'm not taken as serious. I'm not. Dean with that label being aggressive mm -hmm. or oh she's popping her neck or what have you that's so I love that exchange between her and Candace and Candace was like I appreciate you acknowledging the fact yeah, that you, she got emotional. you do have that mm -hmm. you understand you have a privilege of it and I just think that would have been great for the other light skinned chicks on the cast to say the same shit but they don't feel that to way. be transparent with it like Yes, I know there's a, there's a benefit of being a lighter black person or mixed race. Robin can say, oh, they should not mix. When when Katie was here, if y'all are true fans of Potomac, you guys should know day one, Katie was my girl. Katie was like, you're biracial. Like, your mom, like, someone slept, the master slept with someone in your if your family for you to get that color. Like, you're not just light for no reason. Like, there's some white in your blood, girl. Like, Katie was like, bitch, yeah. <laughs> you're biracial. She's like, no, both my parents are black. Yes, because they have a percentage, but they have some Caucasian there mixed with Negro. So. So, yeah, I what do you think about the segment other than, of course, the women individually? Do you think that it was tackled correctly? It should have been longer. I don't think it was tackled correctly, um, like you and Carlos King said, because <laughs> Miss Carlos had a lot of things to say about the people. He was very passionate. Miss Girl was upset. Um, I do feel that this was probably the wrong place to have it. I feel like they were pressured to talk about it because, like you have reported, Black Twitter and other people who I know that said Black Twitter was going off especially after the drink was thrown on me and the response that people got. So Bravo had a duty to kind of um, acknowledge that situation, but they, they did it. I think in the best way they felt it was responsible to do it. And it just didn't fare out the way they thought it would, it would play out. And so there needs to be probably a, uh, 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 Oprah segment, special edition <laughs> type of reunion to sit with the cast to talk about this 
at a in a deeper level. A town square platform. A town thank you. A town that would be great. A town square. And you can have the housewives and some fans. And that would probably be a great idea actually have the housewives and fans talk about how they felt and if something triggered them or, or their experiences and so people can understand like this is a big thing rooted in the black community. And I think yes. I think it would be very beneficial for Bravo since a lot of their biggest rated shows are black shows. Yes. Let's just put that out there and let that be said. Uh, was it you that said like a, a Nina Parker or like bringing a black woman? Nina Parker would be a great person to have this conversation. To have the conversation of color. Yes. Like they, there needs to be a moderator because at the end of the day, the women don't want to risk looking bad but there's been instances on this show in the past that need to be brought to the forefront and labeled as examples of colorism and then dissected why some think it is versus why some think it's not and see if there can be a meeting in the middle to kind of show people at home what exactly this is that don't know so people with those you know light skin privileges or for the white viewers that have no fucking idea what's going on right. to give them clear insight on how women how darker skinned women across America feel every day well, a perfect example would be when and they, they, they go back to a package they show it where Robin is in Ashley's restaurant. This was, oh my God, season so season one through three. I think they lost the restaurant in season four. But Robin's in Ashley's face, pointing her finger in her face. And, Ash, and Ashley's like, get your finger on my face. Robin's like, this is my finger in your face. And she's being aggressive towards her. No one says anything about that. But in Candace's um, condo that was purchased by her mother and herself and Chris... Ashley says some fuck shit to Candace. Candace goes irate. Chris holds her back. Candace then kind of just, you know, let a butter knife slip out of her hand towards Ashley. And then it's just, oh, Ashley, oh, Candace is so aggressive. She's yeah. so this and that. But Robin was all in Ashley's face, like bucking. Like she's knocking and bucking, ready to fight. Mm. So that was seen differently from Candace's situation. So yes. that's an example of colorism. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So, but they wrap up the situation with Mia and Jacqueline, this reunion part two. And we don't get the full tea. We just know there's some receipts. We see that they both have, <laughs> they both went to the UPS store and printed out uh, copies of something. Mia has a glittery box that she's using as prop so that was the cliffhanger left for next week they're going to go at it and we'll probably get no resolve and just more allegations thrown right so that is real housewives of potomac you guys so we're gonna go up the coast to jersey and see what Teresa and the girls are up to so Teresa, we pick up what Teresa calls her brother joe um after being coached by her at the time, fiance Louie, um, he tells her what happened at the boys' night. You know how pretty much Joe Joe was hurt by their actions and and the commentary of everything in this whole situation. And so Louie 
kind of talked some sense into Teresa. Was like, listen, you want to make peace with your brother? Like, you need to reach out to him. And just coincidentally, we see Melissa pulls up to their new home that's being worked on, and Joe is working on it with his crew. And he gets a call from Teresa, and she they're basically talking about you want to make peace and it was a very it was a very odd conversation how did you view that because i it was cringeworthy to me like i felt like i don't have a sibling but if i did have a sibling i wouldn't want to talk to my sibling in that type of manner i mean it's unfortunate that they're there but they are there so i think they're just like any other friendship or relationship that that has kind of dissolved it's going to be a moment of awkwardness that you just have to push through if you want to get back to the way it was. So I didn't, I, I saw it as awkward, yes, but I was like, I didn't mind it because it is going to be that way. Within that conversation, Teresa invited, right, Joe and Melissa to their yes, housewarming. She did. Yes. Which I think was an olive branch being extended because that was something that she absolutely didn't have to do. But she invited them um, to come over to the housewarming. To which, what happened? Well, Joe decided that he wasn't going to show up because he just felt that it didn't seem genuine. And he's really, he's hurt. And again, I don't have a sibling, but... Teresa is the older sister. Mm -hmm. He's the younger brother. So I feel like he has this sense of, I want my sister to know that I'm hurt. Like, you know, and I don't know if his parents cater to him because he's a male, which that could happen in Italian culture. I think that happens that way. He's a male and he's younger. He was a male. He's a male and he was the baby. Yes, he was spoiled as fuck. And so I think he's like, okay, I just want my, I, I, I think the core of him was like, I just want my sister, like, fuck all this other shit, but there's been so much minutia between them that you just can't go back to that. And it's unfortunate that, that he didn't show up to the actual housewoman. But Melissa did show up. And Melissa had a moment. She broke down because she saw her and she, she saw her nieces and she also saw her goddaughter, Gabriella. And it was a weird, awkward moment between oh my them. God. Gabriella did not, her <laughs> eyes did not move off of Melissa once. Like Gia was like looking around. <laughs> Gabriella fucking daggers. She stared at her in her eye the entire, you can play it back and watch it. Her eyes did not move. She wanted Melissa to know. She was like, I want you to know that I know that you ain't shit. So here's the thing. And because Melissa and Joe talked about this on someone else's podcast. So what they said was we, we fed you. We kept food on the table or they brought food to the table. What have you? The situation was Teresa was in jail. Uh, Joe Gorga was out. Who was he going to film with? Obviously family. So if Joe and Melissa is there, then they're putting food on your table because he's a, he is still filming and getting a check from Bravo to feed you guys. So that's what they were referring to. They weren't saying like, and so Melissa was like, we're not literally saying we put food on your table. We're saying that we help you guys still stay afloat in this situation. And when you listen to the podcast, they're not lying. Like, and what they said was actual factual. Like, it was very true. And so, Teresa, in her 
tree way of understanding shit took it completely different from how it was stated. But for me, yes, that is all true. But most recently, what has transpired that I got a little frustrated and was like, okay, I think I'm a little over this storyline because I don't see it going anywhere. So let's not devote any more time to it. It's like when Teresa invites them over to the housewarming, immediately before that, at the guy's dinner, Joe uh, was like, I just want to move on. I just want to, like, I just, can we just keep, just like move bury on. the hatchet? Like, right. can we just move on? Yes. And even on the phone call with Teresa, Teresa was like, do you want to, is there anything you want to talk about? Is there anything you want to tell me? Like, is there anything that you want to get off your chest? No, I just want to move on. Let's just, let's just keep, move on. Like he literally, the only thing that he was saying was let's move on. So okay. for him to not want to go to the housewarming immediately after he stated on two separate occasions that all he wants to do is move on. It is like, okay, you don't really, one, you don't really want to move on Two, I don't know what, you want from Teresa at this point. Three, it's kind of making me doubt your sincerity or the genuine feelings that you're displaying because let's let's keep it 100. This drama is their storyline. It is keeping them very comfortably on this show. Without this drama, what is Joe and Melissa's storyline? So, two things I want to point out for you. Uh, one, so are are you finished with your point? No. Not? Okay, so go ahead. If you truly want to move on, regardless of how... I, it, and the thing is, he said that he didn't feel it was genuine. I don't know if he needs a bouquet of flowers. I don't need... Maybe. I don't know if... But see, like, an apology... Not even an apology, but an olive branch is not going to look exactly how you want it to look. I think for Teresa, especially watching her all these years, her inviting him was, is, it, it was huge for her. And it's like, okay, if you want to move on. But that's minimum shit. But if you want to move on, if you're saying you want to move on, why are, why are you stopping the train from moving? He, he is stopping it. Him not no, going. No, I can't agree with you on that. Okay, so what would moving on because look like to you? you got to understand. What so does moving on look like to you? Okay, so people getting their feels about shit. I can say I want to move on. That's not moving on. Hold on, hold on. But people, he has the right to, he has the right to change his mind. He has the right to feel what he feels. If he feels he was unjust talked about or has an emotion and someone is acknowledging their part to something, you can make your feelings about it. It happens all day in reality. Hellless times that you and I have arguments about certain shit and then you think about it, you sit back, you're like, wait a minute, that pissed me off too. So now you re-upset about some shit and you go back to the conversation and you, you're you now re-triggered by the situation. So that happens in real life. I think he was re-triggered by the situation. It was a, minim it was a very surface conversation on the phone. You want to make peace? All right, let's make peace. I want to move on. I want to move on. But clearly, he's an emotional person. So clearly, and, and when he drinks tequila, he gets in his feels. But and I think that, that happened. I, how was what? How's that a valid excuse? I'm, it's not a valid excuse. He has he has he has the right to feel what he feels, especially if he feels that my sister taught me and did me wrong, and she 
isn't taking accountability of the shit she's saying. And you, when you, when someone say I want to move on, and they don't, they can't say why they want to move or, or be held accountable to what the shit that they did. If you, if we have an argument for something, you want to move on. I need you to know why I'm hurt. You acknowledge the fact. You acknowledge to me. Tell me. You heard, I hear you tell me you're hurt because of X, Y, and Z. Once you do that and you have that understanding and we both have sat here and said, you've hurt me, I heard why I hurt you and I can regurgitate it back to you, then we can truly move on from because at that point we say, I, this, I did, this, my behavior made you feel this way. Your behavior made me feel this way. Then we resolve it and now we can move on. Just having a conversation with a camera over the phone, that's and the deep rooted shit that they got, they moved on from that. So I understand why him being in his feelings and him not showing up makes complete sense to me. Complete sense because again, he's been reckless and shit he said, she's been reckless and shit she said. And until they have a sit down together and say, I was hurt, him to say, I'm hurt by you. Her to say, I'm hurt too. Even you can't, I'm not excusing someone because you can't, you don't have the vernacular to, to have, to articulate yourself. Just because she says way crazy out shit. No, she needs to under, to own her shit. Be able to vocalize it in the appropriate way to say, I did this to you. You did this to me. I felt this way. What you did made me feel this way. That's the only way they would truly, in my opinion, looking at everything, really, that's the only way they would truly move on from the situation. Okay, but I'm basing my opinion on what I see. Right. And what is shown on the show. And what I saw was, because I understand and I agree with where you're coming from, if... Joe wasn't, if it wasn't Joe saying, let's move on. If it was Teresa saying, let's move on, let's move on. Then your, in my opinion, your statement would hold more weight. But since it has been Joe aggressively saying, let's move on, let's move on. And once he is given that opportunity to actually move on and not just say it, and he doesn't take it, then that makes me feel, okay, well, what else do you need at this point? Because he was the one saying, let's move on. Once they actually spoke over the phone, awkward, yes. But even Melissa was like, what do you want? Like, what, giving him the platform of saying, okay, what do you want to tell me? Do you, like, how do you feel? What do you feel? And him doubling down and saying, let's just move on. And then she presents an opportunity to not just talk about it, but to be about it and show up for one another she extended an olive branch and invited him into her home to up until this point i imagine that he hasn't been yet yeah. so it's like okay here's an olive branch meet me halfway and then in person maybe they can have that conversation you were talking about or scheduling to have that conversation one-on-one -on -one that you were talking about. But for him to not even show up, even if he was re-triggered, even if something did happen and he marinated and thought about it, it's like, at this point, what else is there for Teresa to do? She honored your wishes to just move on. She honored your wishes to not have an actual conversation. And on top of all of those things, she invited you to a function of hers like at this point from what i'm seeing what else 
is Teresa expected to do for Joe? I think she. I think he's expecting her to be his sister. No, 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 no. Again, I'm talking. I'm not talking to someone. What else is there? No, again, I'm talking as someone who doesn't have a sibling, but I see his hurt, like, and also the and what he's been saying, like, I just want my sister. I want my sister. Like, I feel like. He wants his sister to come to him and not over the phone, but just, yeah, she's saying, I want to move on because he, he wants to just have a, a family back. He knows that this is my last sibling. I don't have no one else. I just honestly feel like, and again, because he's been catered to or whatever, I think he really wants his sister to, and I don't want to say come back with her tail between her legs, but I think he just wants... He wants to feel protected by his sister. She called him a fucking bitch boy in the motherfucking reunion. Like, he just, he wants his sister. He's hurt. He is extremely hurt. And a man, he's a man's man. So when he say move on, he just, yeah, move on because I'm just, I don't want to deal with the bullshit, but he's hurt. He's saying that as a, as a, He's not saying what he mean and meaning what he's saying. He's saying it as a way and that's of problem. It is, but not he's Teresa. saying he's saying it as Teresa. a way of just not knowing how to vocalize to say I'm hurt. You hurt me, but Teresa is not. She's she don't get off easy with this. Like I, but I hear what you're saying. Stating all sounds like Joe problem. No, no, I know. I'm here. With, no, but it's a Teresa issue also because Teresa. See, Teresa now is at the point where Teresa is a. Teresa is, and I'm going to say this the best way I can say this, a fucking opportunist at the heart of who she is. She don't give two shits about, if it doesn't benefit her, she'll give a fuck about it. And right now, Joe and Melissa don't benefit her. So she'll care about the relationship. If, there, if that relationship benefited her, she would care about it. She's an opportunist at the core of who she is. So, it's you have an opportunist who is firstborn, probably self-centered, probably was you know pretty girl whatever what have you with all that shit that goes with that. Then you have a brother, male, your baby, all this situation. So they probably had a whole couple of stripes and shit growing up or whatever. But at the bottom, that what what is all said and done, he doesn't benefit her. So that's why she gives. That's why for her it's like, all right, whatever. She don't really care. That's what I'm seeing from this. But friends, you chime in. And tell us how you feel. Yeah. Let us know. That is a new uh, Housewives of Jersey. We have Married at First Sight coming up, and it was a real big revelation with uh, Married at First Sight this uh, episode because Dominique and McKinley got divorced. Thank you, God. Prayer is real. Um, uh, so, yes, we will no longer be seeing her until the end of the season. So, I'm happy about that. I do feel bad for McKinley because he got emotional. Because you can tell he signed up for this shit wanting it to work. Right. And she, her mom signed her up and it showed. Uh, she said she was all about good vibes only. <laughs> so I will love to see how that demeanor works for her in relationships in the future. Because how's that work in life? Good it, vibes only. It like is never only good vibes. Like um, come on now. That but again, she's twenty five and it aggressively showed. 
aggressively shows. Um, so they're no longer together. I'm, I'm happy for. I just wish that there was a show where people that got done wrong or the or the fucking crappy end of the stick get a second yeah. chance. Yeah, second chance at love or something. Yeah, like second that. chance at love. Um, lifetime, make it happen. That was them. We have Jasmine and Eris. They were probably the other uh, hot button couple this week because Eris's cousin, Fallon, that thinks cool. that Jasmine is fake. And she stated that she didn't want to come to the housewarming because this week was uh, housewarming for all of the couples. Right. Now, how did you feel about... Fallon stating that Jasmine is fake and Jasmine basically letting it be known she don't fuck with her either. One, I don't like Fallon, period. Just off the strength. Like, she... I just don't fuck with her. Um, Period. I feel like when you tell someone that oh, they're polished or you're just saying... You're saying all the right things. Like, you're being condescending. She was being condescending and being cunning to Jasmine for no fucking reason. Jasmine was just being her. She's trying to put her best foot forward, as you all do when you meet your in-laws or someone that you are dating who's and that person is, is important to that person. And she was just doing too much. So I completely support Jasmine saying, I don't want her in my space. I don't like her energy. Like she made me feel uncomfortable and if you say I feel fake, why would you want to be in my, in my surroundings? So mm. it was like, yes, she don't want to come. That's great. I think Eris is a bitch ass nigga because he is just a bitch. That's all. Like he talks all this shit about I'm so sexual. His dick game is probably weak as fuck. I wonder if we surveyed the woman he's been with. I probably, I, they probably say like. Girl, you you're not missing out on shit right now. Like you good, <laughs> you good, sis. You got your vibrator. Where your rabbit at? Where's your rose? Go get your rose. You be all right. So, that's how I felt about that. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I can understand uh, to a certain extent. I can understand where Fallon is coming from. Like it's hard for her to take this serious, knowing that it most likely will not work out between the two of them. Right. Because I kind of feel like that about this show. Like, it's hard for me to take this season serious because I know so many couples, except for literally so one, is probably going to make it. So it's hard. Like, I just roll my eyes during the whole fucking episode. But the way that she's going about it, she's being very nasty, very insecure. It's giving, like, saggy tit energy. It's giving my cousin not fucking me no more. That's what it's giving I mean, low-key, she <laughs> is kind of obsessed with his droopy-faced ass. But she also is just coming off as a hater on Jasmine. It's like, if you feel your cousin isn't prepared or really ready for this experiment, then why the fuck do you have smoke for Jasmine? Like, she did nothing. Just keep it directed towards Eris. Exactly. Even if Jasmine comes off as a pageant queen that has all of her answers well thought out it's like it's not her fault that she's a critical thinker and can articulate herself and her and you know communicate her emotions in the moment it's just called being smart like how is that a bad thing like how are we bashing her for but 
Express yeah, but herself. because she Fallon feels she's not being woman enough and not being real in the moment. Like every person doesn't articulate themselves that way. Like she just says what she says. In she a has way. a filter because she's an adult. Very much has a filter. And she's like, I'm not trying to hurt. I'm just trying to get my point across. And this is how I say it. And this yeah. is how I feel. Not everybody clap their hands and exactly. like roll and like roll their necks. Yes. And talk. It's perfectly fine. Uh, but as far as the other couples, they have their housewarmings, which were cute. Uh, Gina and Clint, they put their beef aside for this week and actually looked like they were making some positive I wouldn't say leaps but steps toward <laughs> the right direction. Yeah. Very very um respectable conversation that were had. They he did an amazing job with it was uh, all ladies um housewarming party and he was very much entertaining and he was like hey I'm Clint, and I'm here to perform for you guys and serve you. So that was nice. I loved their vibe, but I really loved our favorite people, Nicole and Chris. Yes, I love their. I want to have a flamingo theme party. I actually really liked the shirt. <laughs> it was very cute. I really liked the shirts that she wanted him to put on. Like, yeah, I, I, I wish, I wish he would have. I wish he would have done it just, just for a second, just to the guests show up. Hey, it's cute. And then, you know, oh, I'm cooking. Let me take this off real but quick. But you know what? You know what I, I mean? But you know what? I actually like that back and forth that they had when she was like, well, do you really want to wear it? He was like, no, not really. And she was like, okay, cool. It it was, it in that moment, it was boundaries, healthy boundaries that were placed and healthy understanding. It's like he didn't want to do it. She was perfectly fine with it, so he didn't do it. Instead of putting it on, like slowly being resentful, her continuing that pattern of like wanting him to do something and him just grinning and bearing it until it actually becomes an issue. Like I like that they nipped that in the bud. She was, per she didn't get all spazzy. Of, what do you mean you don't love me? Like she literally was like an adult. They're the most adults I think I've seen on this show in season. They have been the most adult. Like but they can I think that she could have just let it breathe when he said, "Okay, yeah, sure." And but do you really want to like? Is that what do you really want to wear? It's like okay, so now you know you're trying to get me out. Like just if I tell you I'm good, take I'm good. Nigga, you got the win. You got the W. So I feel like. And again, he could have played off like, all right, hey, the guests are here. And then, oh, oh my God, let me take this off. Let's see, like, why I don't want to put. Why it's not playing, but it's, it's not playing, but it's, it's, it also, listen, when you just get married, when you get honest. married, you got, no, when you get married, you got some, some things you do just to appease your spouse. That's just, that's just what it is. And so it's like, okay, hey, all right, I'll play with you guys for a second. You know what I'm saying? I'll do this and then take the shirt off because you got to go cook. So because it's, <laughs> that's a lot of steps. That's a lot no, of what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, it's like okay, she can't. She had an idea. It was very cute. He's like he went with it, but she kept pressing the fact. And she I think that's once. no. She asked twice. She said, "Do you really like it?" He was like, "I mean, if you ask me again, like I really don't." But you know, I said I would wear. But since you asked me again, how I feel, then no, I don't like this shit. You know what I'm saying? So. Leave it at one time. You get your answer, let it go. So, but they'll learn. I feel like they 
are going to make it. They're going to say yes. Mark my words like I've marked my words about everything else I've said that has came to fruition. They're going to say yes at decision day. I definitely hope so. They are the light in the dark. Speaking of dark, Kirsten and Shaquille. <laughs> Not because they're black. Not because they're black, because he's a closet homosexual. And like for people for people that have seen this movie, I equated it to Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Baby. And if you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you watch Honk for Jesus, you already know what he's talking about. So that is, to me, that is the epitome of That is the best way to say about all the men that was in that room at their housewoman party. They are Honk for Jesus men. Yeah, Honk Honk. Um, and that's what all the couples. Yeah, we got through that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say this, friends. So we have been watching Married at First Sight UK. When I tell you this shit is like ten times better than any Married at First Sight American version, a hundred times. Like y'all missing now. We're gonna talk about it next week because we're gonna get to the weddings and shit. But when I tell you it's sexier, the vibe is great, the accents are amazing. Like and it, the pace is much. The quicker. pace is so fast, and it it they take the. I'll say recipe, but they take the formula from Married at First Sight Australia and they put it with UK. So UK is like the hybrid of America and Australia. It's the perfect blend because Australia was more like television. Like people said they were actors and, you know, some of the storylines you didn't really fully believe because the shit that was kind of happening. But Married at first sight UK baby next week we talking about that shit it comes on Thursday nights on Lifetime so you have a nice you have they've only had two episodes so you have only a nice chance to catch up we'll be in by three episodes at that time for next week so that's married at her sight moving on we have RuPaul's Drag Race it was the 200th episode the crystal ball runway yes episode. so I, I mean, this season, you know, is one to kind of push through. There was no standouts for me. There were some queens that did better than others. Uh, but the ball episode of seasons past has, you know, been iconic moments here and there. But for me... It was, uh, it was cool. Well, can we just take a moment to pause to say congrats to fucking relations to RuPaul Charles for having 200 episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race. Who would have thought that this gay queer show would have seen 200 episodes? It debuted in 2010 or 2009? 2009. 2009. The gay boys, gay girls, in between, whatever, have been watching this show. Some contestants actually grew up watching this show and now are on the season. And he's just, he's a fucking, he's an icon, he's a legend, he's the moment. We've met him 
and passing. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jen Jackson concert. I was like, hey, Rue. He was like, hey. So, you know, he spoke to me. Okay. Um, so I feel like he knows me. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I just want to say I thank him for putting the queer community on the map. I think he single-handedly has made being gay popular. Okay. And fun. Like he's he's just done so much in his career, but this show has done so much for the LGBTQIA community. Like we have nights we go out to the club, we watch like people are out like in the scene. And then also to bring drag to the forefront. Um it is not hiding anymore. It's not in the shadows, you know. Mm -hmm. So I just love it. So and we're huge fans of the show. So RuPaul Charles, if you hear this by any means, we love you at oh that's my gay friend. Um, so we support you and congratulations to your two hundredth episode that happened. So within this episode, uh Sasha Colby won for her uh runway, the crystal ball, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your stance, Spice went home. How do you feel about the winner and the loser of the episode? So Sasha is getting, you know, she she's carving out a space in, a space in my heart for her. Um, to me, just give the crown to Sasha right now. Like, yeah, there are no other queens doing what the fuck she's doing. And you know, I saw some other. So people have been putting clips up because people were talking about celebrating the two hundred episodes. So like Brooklyn Heights, mm -hmm. like Vanjie, like. A yeah, lot of the girls who big names, right? Mm -hmm. Rue, I think, is at this point with this cast, season 15, these girls are not at the caliber. Brooklyn Heights put her clip up. And you guys go to Brooklyn Heights page if you don't know this clip. Brooklyn Heights did the okie doke. She came out in a Pam Greer wig, uh, afro. She turned and flipped it and did it reveal and have blonde hair and Rue gagged. That has that has not happened this season. No. Like Rue was like, bitch. Like Rue, the whole panel was gagged because Brooklyn was like, she knew that was a lip scene with her in he her and Evie Ali. They did shit at the um uh fuck not match game. What's the snatch game? Yeah. And they knew they had to turn it out. For the runway. And they both lip sync and they both got saved that episode. But there hasn't been moments like this on this episode on this season yet. And we have nine girls left. Yeah. Or eight girls left now. It's less than half. And it's not gonna happen. No. Mm. So Sasha to me is the clear front runner. I'm happy she got her coin. I'm sad to see Spice go. Spice is my little twink. I love her. She's a cute little twink. But, you know, she's going to do her and her twin going to do great things. So, that's how I feel about it. What about you? Um, Yeah, just give Sasha the crown at this point. It, uh, Yeah, there's no one close to giving and being consistent to what she's doing. For me, honorable mention ghost mistress okay um but i just don't think that she is our first big queen caliber no. um no. but yeah for me it it top two has to be mistress and 
uh, Sasha. Yes, Anitra is cute and she's athletic and she kicks wood. But as far <laughs> as like consistency in runways and consistency in performances, um, I think Mistress and Sasha are in a league of their own with Sasha clearly edging out Mistress. Um, everyone else is just a matter of time until they until they all get left. Yeah, at this point, it's just, okay, who, who's top four? Like, my top four... It would be Sasha. I don't like Mitch that much, but let's throw that bitch in. Um, Lux Noir Chicago. Okay. She's going to make top four. And um, the one who did Joan Rivers. Um, Uh, Lucy LaDuca. Lucy LaDuca. Or or trade out Lux New Orleans for Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Like, that would be in my ideal top four. Okay. What about you? Who's your top four? Um, Sasha, Mistress, top two. Three and four go to uh, Lucy LaDuca. And the fourth spot... Jeez, I can't even... Oh, shit. Oh, girl. The the duck wall. That, that bitch, Anitra. she's great. Oh, Anitra. Yeah. Anitra. Anitra. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so for me... So, yeah. Yeah, for, so for me, Sasha, Mistress, Anitra, and uh, Lucy LaDuca. Okay, I, I, I can ride with that. I, I, I accept your answers. I ride with that too. All that's right, my fault. So, so yeah, so that's RuPaul. And again, congrats. 200 episode. It's amazing. So yeah, round of applause for RuPaul because that right. doesn't happen that often. Um, so we're going to wrap up this show with Real Friends of WeHo or West Hollywood. They had the season finale for six episodes. Now, do you <laughs> think there will be a season two? Hell no. Yes. <laughs> These bitches ain't fucking with each other. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not friends. They don't even live in WeHo. Um, <laughs> it was a missed mark for MTV. They tried to capitalize on Drag Race being on the, the network and it failed miserably. I think that they should bring the A-list back what they did with Logo, but bring it back with so type B celebrity. People who are either socialized, social media, Coming up, like people who don't have a big name. I feel like they brought the big name, and the only big name they really had was was Brad. Saint Tadger is a name. He's a, a he's out there. He's he's, but, he's a name, but Brad was like the biggest name, right? So I think that if they bring it back, revamp it, call it the you know a list of Los Angeles, do something that different with it. Um, Dorian, you missed the mark. Completely, like you, you, you drew up some drama that didn't have to happen. So what he did was at Curtis's birthday party. Curtis' brother was there. Dorian actually went around to all of the girls. Well, not say the girls. I mean the gay boys. He went around to everybody and was like, "Where's his sister? Where's his sister?" And they responded like, "She's not here because you know she felt uncomfortable or whatever." Which the brother told him told them the mm-hmm. response so this bitch goes to Curtis like well I'm not coming around the group no more because at your birthday party everyone gave me the tea about why your sister wasn't here and they were talking about you and blah 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 now Miss Thing you didn't tell this motherfucker that you asked the question where was his sister and so I love that the producer played the shit back so the be the viewer can see that so do you think, what are your thoughts about Dorian and his, his reckless behavior? 
I think he's gross. <laughs> I mean, literally, there's no other way to put it. I think he's unnecessarily nasty and epitomizes all of the negative faggotry that is perpetuated when it comes to negative stereotypes of homosexuals. Right. <laughs> like, he is that messy, catty, you know, one way to your face and completely different behind your back. And I think that his PR people are pulling their hair out because there's nothing about his behavior that makes me inquisitive about his company right. that he is the CEO of and will not let, let you go. But yeah, there's nothing about him that makes me want to support his business. And if he came on this show to generate more, you know, eyes and views for his business, I think it may have uh, done the exact opposite. It did mean? because I actually brought a butter product prior to this show because I was looking for a new facial toner for SPF and everything. And, you know, it's a good product, but I'm not purchasing it again. I found a different supplier and it's, it works great. And it's keeping my chocolate real melanin and chocolatey. So, Dorian can, you know, go in his own realm of who he thinks he is and he's somebody and we know you're from College Hill, but the girl thinks she is. The girl thinks she's made it. And listen, accolades, give it to you. You made it. You are a CEO of a product. You're a young black man. I'm not giving taking that away from you. But the way you go about it and talk about, talk to people, <sighs> you don't have no friends and you will never have friends. So that's how I feel about that. In the episode, we also see Curtis sits down with Patrick Ian Polk. And if you guys don't know who Patrick Ian Polk is, he is the creator of Noah's Ark. And he made Noah's Ark in 2000. Oh, my God. Noah's Ark came out 2003, 2004. Um, it was the first really black. It was a black sex in the city but a gay situation with gay men and it showcased black gay men and their friendships and the hardships that they have um, navigating through dating or being a hoe or hooking up with people or wanting to be in a monogamous relationship and so it was on logo it they had two seasons and then they had a movie that was premiered about maybe two or three years later. But Curtis is down with Ian Patrick Ian Hope. Or is it Ian Patrick? Pope? Patrick Ian Hope, yes. Um, and so who is also behind, he's the EP on um P Valley. Yes. But in this episode, he gave some information about a new Noah's Ark movie. So we're happy about that. So that Ecstatic. was the biggest part takeaway from this episode um and then it wraps up with curtis going to the finale dinner with all the girls except for dorian and trying to read the bitches for phil so what did you think about his uh tact and the reaction the girls had he doesn't have the range he <laughs> it it came off kind of forced i mean it, he yeah <laughs> yeah he he his first mistake was believing anything that came out of dorian's fucking mouth 
His second mistake was the way that he came guns ablaze into the other guys. Right. And I I wonder if there's going to be a reunion. Probably not, because it's only going to be like four of them now since, or five of them since Dorian will most likely be a no-show. But, yeah, he he conducted himself horribly and expressed himself horribly. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I think that it, they wrapped the season up well, they interviewed all the guys and, and talked about the purpose of why doing the show and the importance of doing the show. And so, again, MTV, just revamp this, have a little lower celebrity style because that way we can get to know them and grow with them, right? Mm-hmm. I think that would be the best thing because A-List New York, I love that show on Logo. They had two seasons. And so... You know, that wraps up this episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. But before we go, we're going to talk about our bestie of the week. So, husband, who is your bestie of this week? So, my bestie of the week actually goes to Teresa for inviting Joe Crybaby Ass to her housewarming. And if he decided not to accept the invitation, that is on him and no one else. What about you? Okay. My bestie of the week is you, husband. Oh. You turned that motherfucker. I'm so proud of you. Um, Thank you. You really sticking with and following what a dream you wanted to do and you accomplished it. And I know how difficult certain things were at certain times, but you stuck it out and you did what you exactly wanted to do. And you looked fucking great doing it. And I was proud to be with you that night. So I am happy for you. So you were my bestie of the week. Thank you, husband. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. you. Love you too. So, friends, thank you so much for tuning into another wonderful, almost two hour episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. <laughs> You've given us almost two hours, but listen, where else would you want to be, right? Like, come on now. So, you have 22 more hours to be with yourself. We ask you to be kind to yourself, be gracious, and just spread some positivity this weekend to anyone that you love and people that you know and say hi to a stranger, okay? Until next time. Bye, friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen, did y'all really think we were going to teach you guys something? (laughs) This podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend or email us your questions at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. Until then, See you next time, friends.